I just want, come on in, come on in, sit down, get comfortable. <laughs> I just want, <sighs> I want us to do that. So, hey, my name is Wanda. I am the founder of Black Women Travel. Um, I promise I'm not actually this pasty. I don't know what's going on with the lighting, <laughs> but I don't have time for that because we got to get to this tea today. Um, we have a podcast. We have an annual conference. We have a seasonal mastermind. If you are looking for small, intimate, focused attention to help you move from point A to point B, that's what we do in the mastermind. Um, the podcast is juicy. The annual conference is delicious. All those things. I don't want to skip over that because like those are the things and they've been the things for years. And so I would love for you to partake in them in whichever way is good for you right now in this moment. But speaking of this moment, today's conversation about a personal retreat, you know, wellness is my jam because look at me, I'm a black woman. Like I've been fighting for my life my entire life. I don't associate with that anymore, but that's what it has felt like, you know, existing in my skin and this body, not with this hair because this hair is really cute, but, <laughs> but you know, just existing as a black woman in spaces when this hair was not curly when this hair was froed out and being perceived a certain kind of way so forth and so on and so i just want us to take a nice deep breath that's what today's conversation is about it's supposed to be a wonderful reminder to exist in all of your skin um so let's just take that moment now i just want you to if you feel safe and if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. All right. And take a nice deep inhale. Pull that inhale from the tips of your hair all the way to the bottom of your feet. I just want you to inhale. And then let that all the way out. You can make it audible. You can do it through your nose, do it through your mouth. Just like release all of the breath. Release everything that you carried into this conversation right now. Release everything that you want, that you recognize that is not yours to carry in this moment right now. Go ahead and release all of that. Do another nice big inhale. And then exhale completely, entirely, fully. And on your next inhale, I want you to grab for some things, some things that are already yours. Maybe you forgot. I want you to grab for some peace, for some serenity, for some inner knowingness that like everything is actually okay. I want you to grab for whatever you need in this moment. What do you need? What do you, how do you want to feel? What do you need to feel right now to feel grounded in yourself, to feel centered in yourself? Whatever that is, I want you to inhale that right now. And then we're going to exhale and you're going to release some more because like we always just carry a little bit too much, don't we? Other people's problems in the family, in the community, in the world. We got to worry about the coral reefs. We got to worry about everything. <laughs> just release. 
we don't have to, right? That That's what that release is. We don't have to. We felt like we did, but we don't have to. So, and you could just breathe normally now. Wasn't that nice? You could open your eyes if you want. You can do a little stretch, you know, the side to side. Roll them. Uh, what are they called again? <laughs> you roll your wrists. You can um, take it up above, take it to the side, get your side bends in. Move out however feels good to you right now. But like, let's be present with each other right now. That is a gift, right? Attention is a gift. Presence is a gift. Uh, I want you to give it to yourself always, 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 because you're always worth that. That is the reason for the season. But like also for this conversation, because what we do is we talk about our healing. We talk about, and not in this, I don't know when this word started popping up so much, but like our literal actual healing, <laughs> like how we are feeling more settled in our skin, how we're feeling more activated in our lives, more empowered to be who we want to be and reach for the things we want to reach for that are super important to us, centering that and following through to make sure that we have the experience in our lives that we want and not how the world would have us, you know, jumping from hot skillet to hot skillet, so forth. So we have two delicious people that we're talking with today. Woo, 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 woo. Um, the first one is going to be Miss Lachelle. So Miss Lachelle went from not Atlanta specifically, Cobb County. <laughs> I'll have her tell you, but um, all the way up to Vermont and talk about that experience. Before we started this live, she was telling me super interesting story. So I'll have her get in on that with us. Um, I also want you to make sure to keep breathing during the conversation, right? So I don't know what I need to do. Maybe it's a little something at the bottom of the screen that I could throw up, but like, I want you to continue to be embodied, to continue to keep breathing as you're listening to the fabulous guests we have coming up. After Miss Lachelle, we have Miss Golden, um, who is actually non-binary, and she's going to speak to us. They are going to speak to us. She, they had a femme-aligned experience while they were in the state of Vermont, and so Back then they went by she, her, and now they go by they, them. So that's dope. So we'll get to speak with them in about half an hour or so. Okay, 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 okay. So we're gonna bring Miss Lachelle to the stage. Pew, 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 pew. Welcome. Hello. hello. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. Okay, so I was telling the people a little bit about your experience before you moved to Vermont, but I would love for you to share with them um, the story that you were that you were working on while we were waiting for this life to start. So could you please share oh, that? Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I am from um, Marietta, which is in Cobb County. Grew up in that like Atlanta area in Georgia, um, and I moved to Boston because that's where I was born. My family immigrated from Jamaica there, and then made it down south. Um, so I got to a point in my 20s after school where I wanted to move um, up there. I'd always wanted to live there. Um, and so I moved there around 25, 26, lived there for about two or so years. And I just felt like I was working a lot and I had a lot of different medical things going on. And I just needed to 
ground myself and also figure out if I could be my own person in a place where no one knew me. Um, because I had family there and I'd always lived places where folks knew me. Um, so I ended up moving to Vermont, moved to Burlington. Um, I did have um, my best friend, my writer die, like my chosen family came with me. So I knew one other person here, um, but for the most part, it was a fresh new experience. Um, and when I came here, I just had a lot that I was kind of swirling through things I really wanted to unlearn parts of myself that I was like, is this who I've always been? Is this who I want to continue to be? Um, things that just like about my health that I had to come to terms with, like this is who I am, like how my body is gonna function now. Mm -hmm. I can't change that. And I have to learn to accept that um, and, and work with it, not against it. Um, and so, which, you know, I think plays a lot too into just how we think about our personal identity as well. Just being black and being a woman and, and what your relationships look like and all of those different things. And I just, I needed to just ground again, but I couldn't do that back home because there was too much history and I couldn't do that in Boston. I was moving too fast. I needed to be somewhere that was going to force me to like face myself. And so I came here and there's like, um, there's a spiritual energy about this place. And I think a lot of it has to do with how well the nature has been preserved mm. over time. In fact, it's not as developed as other places. So you can really mm -hmm. kind of go out into the woods and it feels, it still feels like, um, I don't know, sometimes you go out and you just feel like this is what it must have felt like pre at all, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really beautiful place. Um, I call it like kind of a Norway light because it kind of feels like... <laughs> Um, Norway a little bit in the energy and um, uh, just the way the mountains look and on a clear blue day and there's like a lake that's fjord like so it's very much got that Scandinavian feel to it um, and so the the nature is beautiful and when you get a chance to really explore you can find some amazing spots like water holes and lakes that not a lot of people know to go to like i love to go to charlotte beach and just like have moments with the lake i do a lot of spiritual cleansing there when i need to um, a lot of release happens at that lake because mm. it's just you and just a mirror and it's very it's just very calming um and so i that's really helped me these last it'll be i think six years this year really helped me grow into myself as a person um, and really become firm and more convicted in my ideas and my beliefs. Even though I'm a naturally kind of introverted person, I, am, I get a little uncomfortable wanting to speak out. Um, I feel like this is a place that forces you to <laughs> advocate in a way that you don't like 
necessarily have to in other places because there's more of you <laughs> so someone else can speak up. Um, and so I think uh, just for me now, I'm 33 and I, I found that I can actually let go and surrender more mm. to the process of my life, even in the midst of chaos. Um, last summer, I didn't have an apartment. I had a job, I had two jobs, no apartment. <laughs> and so I went home to Atlanta and I, I traveled a bit and I was gone for the summer. And now I'm in an apartment and now I have three jobs and I'm doing like, I just, I find that like, as I've, I've really grown to understand myself here, more has come to me than may have if I didn't have the space to really like face myself. Um, and I will say that has been one big blessing of coming here. And it's a lot of why I came here. That is rich and deep and how I'm going to cut through this. Let's see one <laughs> bite at a time. Okay. So first of all, congratulations for taking the space for yourself, for saying, this is not where I want to be. That's not where I want to be. I need to be somewhere to, for like having, even having the, the courage and the, the foresight to say, I need to be somewhere where I don't have so many ties where I can see who I am in different conditions. I think that's the allure of travel for a lot of us too, is being mm -hmm. places where there's no expectation of, you know, Lachelle. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you said your name. This is Lachelle, by the way, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> that's my name. I mean, it's, it's at the bottom of the screen, but in case you're not watching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, that's huge, you know? I, what do you think helped you to give yourself that permission to say, this pot is not big enough for me no more. I got to uproot. I got to go to a different pot. I think a couple things. I think the first one being that my family is already came from an island to this place. And so you already have that example of watching, especially women. I was raised by single mothers so watching them do that, that's huge. And it's a lot. And what they, the struggles they went through and to be able to provide that for themselves and then for myself and my little sister, um, it wasn't always perfect. <laughs> and we didn't always have the best like relationships, um, but they definitely instilled being my own person in me. And then they were very smart, too, about the people they surrounded themselves with. That could be examples for us. And so I just had so many strong Black women and other women of color um, from so many other places that had so many interesting, like, careers and jobs and goals and hobbies and ideas that they never put, what Blue Ivy say? I never seen a ceiling in my whole life. From <laughs> <laughs> like, the mouths of babes, you better quote a child. Come okay, on. and I think, but I, I realized more and more that that was always what they were trying to tell me. Like, they were like, baby girl, there's no ceilings for you. Like, and we're working really hard to let you know that. Um, and I, and I, I look back to them 
all the time. And I just think about so many of the lessons they taught me. And I think because I had that circle around me growing up, uh, I knew no matter how scared I was and worried I was and fearful I was that people would think I was leaving them or abandoning them or any of those things, I knew that this is what I needed to do for me. And if they trusted that I knew that about myself and that they like taught me what I needed to know, then hopefully they would understand that this is what I needed to do for me to be the best me for me, but also for them. Because one day, I don't know, we'll all be back in our space together, I would hope. And I would Mm -hmm. just hope that I can be a more open, loving, kind, and understanding version of myself. I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm perfect. I don't think I always did the right things, but I was never going to be able to really see that if I was still kind of in that noise, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It absolutely does. But that's big. I think a lot of folks feel guilt about choosing themselves. Yes. But how amazing that you said, well, if you raise me to be the bad beat that I'm supposed to be, then you're going to (laughs) see... Okay, but, but that you also understand that it's going to come back around because you know everybody gets older <laughs> like people are going to need some care at some point exactly. um, but if I can dip off and do what I need to do for myself then I'm going to come back to you stronger exactly hmm. that's my hope okay but okay so you talked about spiritual baths and so stereotypically like Jamaican folks are very conservative very christian and that did Mm -hmm. not sound like jesus so (laughs) not that that's not in there i'm sure it's in there in some way shape or form or could be interpreted you know um so i'm very curious like about that about because that seems like another branch off from what you were raised with so talk to me about how you came across that the concept of spiritual bass, what that looks like for you, what that does for you, for the ladies who are curious, please. Of course. Um, so growing up, my grandmother, I grew up Adventist. I was a third gen Adventist. My grandmother converted when my mom was young and um, she was really strict. But one thing I realized as I got older was how my grandmother told me biblical stories was so vastly different than how the church told them. Hmm. Um, There was just love and beauty and care and like world building. And, and there was something that always just, there was always like a piece that just wasn't in the Bible or just wasn't in a sermon, you know? Okay. And um, and so as I've learned more about my family's lineage and history too, I realized there's so much else going on. There's like possible Jewish ancestry and indigenous peace and there's like Asian family members. And there's just so much going on. Like Jamaicans, you know, out of many one people, there's like, we're all a mix of everything. And so I just, I started just going down different paths and learning about different religions. And I've always been really curious. Um, And when I left the church in my early twenties, because quite frankly, I always questioned, I got, that's why I got in trouble all the time as a kid. (laughs) Um, uh, I 
for the last few years have been digging deeper into what an ancestral practice would look like. And the stories that my grandmother told me are coming back to me more. And then I got into like kind of the spiritual side of Twitter for a little bit and made some really like long lasting friends in that space Mm -hmm. um, who have taught me a lot and really kind of like shared and guided me in Southern hoodoo practice because I grew up with so many black Southern women who did that as well. Um, So I feel like it's just a lot of things that have allowed me to reconnect to a, a my childhood self Um, and the cleansing piece uh, came to play for me mainly because I realized just even like cooking herbally, so much of that was in my grandmother's kitchen. Um, And it felt so familiar in a way that I was like, either she knew and she just like was hiding it under practice or she, it was just so ingrained that no matter what, it was just gonna show up where it was supposed to. So like bay rum in the head, on the feet, on the chest, on the back, and knowing that hoodoos and ATRs are doing that and um, using coconut milk for different things and, um the different chinese herbs for like medicinal purpose like there was a very herbal upbringing for me and just moving back into that felt like i was reconnecting to my west indian heritage in a way that i hadn't felt like i was connected to it in a really long time um and so it just was a nice pathway i feel like back to home um, which was really needed it seems like all of that will take you farther than Ray and Nephews, which did not get me very far personally. So <laughs> I can I can smell it in the air right now. <laughs> Just at the mention. That is fantastic. Like how wonderful is that? Come on, grandma's hands. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, the grandmothers are the backbone. I don't know. We we gotta make sure we keep that going because if we don't have that, I don't know where we're gonna no, be. These, Listen, these grandmas now are traveling. Okay, they're moving to Portugal and Mexico. So I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I don't know what these grandbabies gonna do. Because I think they'll it, come back in time. I mean, there's probably still a nice amount, but a lot of the grandmas are like, deuces. they're leaving. I'll see y'all. Yes, <laughs> they're mm. absolutely leaving. Mm. Um, that is so fantastic. So I've never been to Norway, but you know, I've watched the Marvel series. <laughs> so I feel like I've been there now. Um, Vikings, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I'm very curious about the atmosphere there. So everyone talks about the fall. Everyone talks about the fall. Can you, what is it like there? So you've been there about six years. So you've seen maybe five fall seasons. Can you talk about Mm -hmm. the experience there in the fall? It's gorgeous. It's this really beautiful, like two month, maybe depending on how winter decides to play out period of just like gorgeous leaves. It's light jacket weather. It's very much like Buffalo plaid, Blundstone boots, kind of like, (laughs) it's very just like, you know, you just throw on some jeans and you go out and 
you don't feel like you've got to wear too many layers, but you're not like sweating to death. And there's so many like cool towns that are just fields and and you're watching like the crops like kind of like get go into get prepared for like being covered for winter and farms are closing down um there's uh food truck events happening and there should be more bonfires but i'm working on it i don't i don't know why there's not more of that but it's like you got to know somebody with land kind of thing. <laughs> um, Y'all got some land? Do we got some land? Do we know somebody that got some I, land? Literally. <laughs> let's, let's, so I'm like, I'll get some land and I'll start a fire. Because like, I, I use the it. corner lot. Cause, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just, it's really gorgeous. And especially if you're going through, like that, it was a couple weeks ago, it's summer, of course, but a couple weeks ago, I was driving up through the Northeast Kingdom for the first time. And it was so green and mm. just beautiful cows and just, it was just such a beautiful scenic route. Um, and so the fall is a lot like that. You're just driving through places like Shelburne, you're driving through um, the Montpelier, Richmond area. And it's just like this beautiful, like lush, gorgeous i just need to stop by the road on the side of the road and like take a photo or if you're like driving up through the grand mm -hmm. isle which is going towards canada there's a strip that is literally just lake on either side and you just see like just water for miles and the sun and like it's just a really beautiful peak chill calm time the students have just gotten back so they're kind of like settling in and they're not as irritating yet but they're <laughs> It's very college. There's a lot of like college towns. Wellington's a big college town. Like where I, I'm literally like in between like three different schools. It's very like so you know. Um, <laughs> love the kids, but sometimes it's a lot. Uh, um, very funny. So it's like this like nice like in between space where you get to like breathe and relax before you kind of get hit by that first kind of wintry snow. The thing that rips right into the marrow <laughs> of your bones. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like good half of the year for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's so, beautiful though. You could use that because so you left Marietta Marietta mm -hmm. um, to explore yourself but you you do community work. You said three jobs. So you work for Hunger Free Vermont, eliminating hunger and food insecurity. You work for the Creative Discourse Group, um, building anti-racist equitable communities and organizations. And then you you were on the board for Pride Vermont? Yeah, I was on the, um, I was one of the co-chairs for the Pride Center of Vermont. Pride Center of Vermont. Um, so like you need all the respite you could get <laughs> because like all of that I'm sure is very, like it's heavy work. It is. It's really heavy work. Um, Hunger Free is a really great organization. They started with the campaign to end childhood hunger and then evolved into a nonprofit. Um, and we've just passed our universal school meals bill, which means that kids are going to get um, fed breakfast and lunch in schools now permanently, which we're really, really excited about. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh, ooh. I know, right? <laughs> um, and we also have, we help like to promote the summer meals programs that those same schools put on throughout the summer. 
Uh, so it's, it's really heavy work sometimes, um, but it's a really great team and I've really enjoyed working with them. And I, it feels good because you get to kind of see the fruits of your labor in real time, which is really nice. Um, and then with my work with Creative Discourse, uh, that's kind of gotten me traveling around a lot more and doing this facilitation equity work and doing some workshops. I was up in the Northeast Kingdom, then down in Rutland County, uh, which is further south. And so you kind of get to see the state and you also get to meet different types of Vermonters, which is really interesting because it's different vibes depending on where you go. Um, and it's it's building community in a way that one thing that's nice about Vermont is it's such a small state that everyone eventually ends up knowing someone at some point. So that is very to, small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, it's the population of Boston in a state. So it's yeah. very, um, and it's like very spread out and rural and then kind of dense. And so you kind of get to spread your tentacles out and you get to have a little bit more community out of your little towns, which is really nice. Um, and it's also allowed me to kind of meet other folks of color who are in the Burlington area. And there's some amazing like community grassroots things going on, like Susu Farm Collective mm -hmm. or um, Nana Farm Collective or Conscious Homestead that's over in Winooski and a lot of queer, Black, femme, non-binary led groups just creating CSAs and farm shares and teaching folks about the landscape. So it's really cool to get out there and get to see other folks and other things, but also feel like you can put faces to like emails because mm -hmm. nine times out of ten we're just communicating through Instagram and email. Mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 really cool. It's really nice. I really enjoyed getting to do that. Do you feel like you are able to enjoy the scenicness of your area of the state? Uh, in addition to the work that you do, like we often throw ourselves into the work, um, but it seems like you you came there with a mission in mind. And so how has it been for you to uh, share time, I suppose, like time to do you, to be, and then the time that you feed into these uh, these other visions? Once I stopped doing sales and got into these spaces, I have found that I have had so much more time to be again, because I get my weekends back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whew, that's good. Um, like y'all got to shop out. every weekend. Y'all can't take the weekend off. The <laughs> okay. 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 Got a normal job. So you're Monday through Friday. So you have to shop a lot. Okay. All right. Um, and um, the org I work for um, is really committed to a, a democratic process in that space. So we are in a strategic planning process and we're constantly talking about what is what does equity look like and mean. And though we have an office space, we're committed to a hybrid option because we understand people don't all live in Burlington where the office is and they don't always have transportation. 
And if we want to have the best employees in this space, that may mean they live two hours away and they don't have a car, but there's internet. So everyone has the, the flexibility to move as freely as they need to. And there's truly no pressure. There's never an email that's like, we haven't seen you. No, it's really like, <laughs> we've got our meetings. Maybe I'll see you, maybe I won't. And then we make efforts to like have team gatherings. Um, and that's been such a, that's been such a weight lifted because it really allows me to, I'll pick my computer up and sometimes I'm in the town over working at a coffee shop because I know I'm going to go to the gym at 2.45, but I have a meeting at one. So I'll just head over early and make a day of it. Um, I'm able to start finding those spaces to really be myself and do my work really well. And I really like that. And the creative discourse is led by two amazing people, this wonderful black woman who is just such a scholar, has her PhD, like she's so cool, um, Burlington native. And then um, this wonderful queer woman who's been doing equity work. Um, her wife is my trainer and they're just so cool. So it's, they're very equitable about, we wanna make sure we're paying you well, we pay you for travel. We give you enough time to prepare. We're backing you up if we think things aren't like going the way they should. So it's two spaces where I feel like um, I don't have to necessarily worry about finding that flexibility because if I need it, I could be like, I'm burnt out. And in both spaces, they would be like, take that time. It's okay. We'll see you when you need to come back. If I needed to do that and I would have a job still um and it it's such a blessing <laughs> to be honest like i know that everyone has that privilege okay and don't um the creative discourse group is a black and lgbtq woman-owned company um did you choose to work there because of that i actually they did some equity facilitation when i was on the board for the pride center and I just really liked the way that they made space, the questions mm. they asked, how it was all over Zoom and I could still tell in their eyes that they were alert and aware enough to really kind of read under what was being said. Um, and so I reached out and I was like, I don't know if you need facilitators. At the time I didn't have a job. I had just been let go and honestly i was taking some time because i really needed it mm -hmm. and i was like you know i don't know if you need facilitators i'd love to be one and they were like of course let's do it <laughs> and it's been such an amazing year working with them lachelle you are all of that i have a million and 57 more questions <laughs> we haven't the time darling um Thank you so much. Thank you for being so open about your experience with yourself, like as you have grown into your personhood, into your Lachilleness, um, and for your firsthand experience about your time in Vermont. That's super dope as well. It it definitely seems like some far and away place where you can lose and find if that makes any sense. If oh, one could be lost and found. 
you can you can really uh destroy and rebuild here it's not easy mm -hmm. i want to make sure i say that first i don't want anybody to think like it's a you come and there's butterflies and you know you got little rats and cute outfits <laughs> bringing you coffee or whatever <laughs> like it is it's <laughs> it is hard work but if you're committed to it i think um when you're when it's time everything really does kind of start to unfold in a really beautiful way well thank you for sharing your unfolding with us <laughs> it really is a privilege you know we don't often have these conversations uh in our friend circle because people stop being curious about us in this kind of way we may mm. not think to share ourselves in this kind of way so it's really wonderful when you can find a safe where you, a space where you feel safe where you can share this these things that have been happening, uh, you know, in your life. So we appreciate you feeling wonderful enough to share with us here today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hope to connect with you in the future very soon um, and take very good care of yourself. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Beau. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Y'all give it up for Lachelle. She was amazing. Miss um, Ocean, who contributed to last week's conversation. If you didn't check out last week's conversation, you should. Uh, time doesn't actually exist, so it <laughs> doesn't matter that it was last week. But anyway, I will link the video. You should absolutely find it um, if I you can't access the link. But <laughs> Ocean says, thank you, Lachelle. Really appreciate the life affirming information you shared about your Vermont experience. I look forward to returning soon. Ocean is, I don't know what you call someone who's wild about Vermont, but she has traveled all over and she has friends there and she just speaks, I don't know why you don't live there, girl. Why you don't live there? Um, she speaks so highly of Vermont. We have a couple other travelers who have visited Vermont as well. Before we get into our conversation with um, Golden, we will take a look at this. So Miss Quinn has visited Vermont and she has been to Elmore, Waterbury, Tunbridge, Rutland, Windsor, Sharon, Norwich, Wethersfield, and Battleboro. She said that she enjoyed camping, hiking, and the Vermont Sheep and Wool Festival. I think she said she's going back to that this year. Um, I asked her about traveling as a black woman in Vermont and Quinn said, depends on where you go. Most places just did the generic New England smile and nod. Very few places I got a sideways glance. I've never been harassed or bothered for being black. Vermont is very territorial, quote unquote, place. And in my experience, they know you're an quote unquote outsider from how you dress and your demeanor. This is a very hippie farmer, blue collar place, so it can be hard to fit in at times, but people have been friendly towards me when I'm out and about. So that was wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Quinn. I asked her what provisions, so this is like food and drink or whatever, and she said local co-ops and their deli counters, Vermont maple syrup, ice cream, holla at your girl, hard and soft maple candy, and overall thoughts. She said, Vermont is awesome. The place has a chill vibe and no one seems to be in a rush. 
it is hard to break into the social scene if you want to move here, but people are generally friendly and won't bother you. There are visible homeless populations in certain towns, but that's a lot of places in rural America. This is a very rural place with rural poverty where and rural poverty exists. There's no Walmart or big chain stores, i.e. Target, except for one or two towns in the entire state. I avoid ski resorts because they are expensive and cater to rich travelers from outside of ET. Expect a lot of mom and pop shops. If you like the outdoors and small towns, you'll love it here. Hope this info was helpful. And if you need any more info, just let me know. So you can reach out to Quinn yourself if you are interested in that. We'll also hear from Miss D. Carey. Uh, she has her podcast, Traveling Shit. Um, D. Carey went to Burlington and Johnson. So just a couple of places. The things she enjoyed were hiking, Lake Champlain lounging, romantic sunsets. You know she was with her boo. <laughs> um, traveling as a Black woman in Vermont, lonely. So she says she didn't see more than one or two Black folks. Uh, 2020 was a time. So she went in 2020. She said there were BLM signs on the windows, but not seeing Black people anywhere was confusing. Why can I trust it? Is this performative? Where are the Black people? There was a long stretch of the drive home that was through the woods and seeing the mags signs in such secluded places was terrifying. So that was her experience going through. Um, what does she enjoy food and drink wise? She said maple syrup latte, fresh vegetarian and vegan food, Switzerland cider, late night gravy fries, bear stew, beaver meatballs, apple pie with cheddar cheese for breakfast. Um, so thank you for that, Miss D. Carey. So we have a star that we're going to bring to the stage. <laughs> oh, Miss Quinn, thank you for joining. She said, hey, that's me. Thanks for joining uh, the live today. We are going to bring up Miss Golden Mystique. Hey, Golden. Hey. I keep, I'm so sorry. I keep tumbling over myself. I keep saying miss and it is no, not now. I'm still working through um, <laughs> like pronouns and how I want to be addressed, but miss is um, fine for golden who I am very much. I am a star, but I am very much goblin core today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so silly. <laughs> it's like running errands, nothing glamorous today. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I understand that. Not the real life creeping up. I know. <laughs> now I have to come down the off contour. stage and be a regular person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, Very much. Yeah. Appreciate your time. I am super fascinated in your journey. So born in Queens mm -hmm. and then they moved to Vermont. And what happens in Vermont? A burlesque career. So <laughs> talk to us about that. Yeah. So I live in Queens my whole life. Um, I um, met someone when I was 18 um, who was from Vermont and he lived in New Jersey Lo and behold, your girl got pregnant. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up there. I was very young. Um, I had my son like two months after I turned 20. Um, and, you know, I went up there so I could like co-parent. I wanted to try something different. Um, my mother was not about to help me raise a baby. <laughs> um, I mean, we're good now, you know, 
that's the light of her life and was the instant he popped out right <laughs> um yeah and I, so i moved up to vermont i was very young um i was in vermont for 10 years and so i raised my child and was also raising myself in this very strange place that i learned to build community in um, but the thing about vermont especially you know vermont's changed so much since i was there but one of the things about Vermont when I was initially there was just like everything was catered to like daytime, still things closed super early. There was not a lot going on where me as like this budding 20 year old who wanted to get out of the house, <laughs> be focused on a toddler and a kid. Um, I wanted to have fun and I wasn't in New York anymore where that would be a little bit easier, you know? Um, I would still go down often, but that wasn't the case. So I worked with friends and people in the community and I got a huge amount of support and backing to, um, I was like, let's do like this private burlesque show at Main Street Museum, which is in White River Junction. It is the coolest, weirdest, funkiest museum ever. It's not really a museum. It's more like a, oh, David will kill me for saying that, but um, <laughs> it's not, it's like a collection of oddities um, and just cool things. And they have great events that go on there. Um, and it was one of my home away from homes for a little bit, like the, the downtown White River Junction area. Um, I got to let out and be like the weird person that I am in these spaces and get like extremely validated. So Golden was born August 4th, 2018, 17. What is time anymore? One of those years. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we put on this great show. It was sold out. We did it all by private invitation. And I met some other burlesque performers that were like seasoned. I will never, ever, if you want to start burlesque, please don't start with producing. It is a horrible decision because you really need to focus on yourself. Do not jump in producing a show. Bad idea, not the right way to go. But I didn't really have guidance because I didn't really know. You know, you have to drive all the way. I was in um, centralish Vermont, like in White River Junction, Heartland, but then like, which is a little bit lower than central Vermont. And, you know, you'd have to go all the way up to Burlington to see burlesque really at that point in time. Um, and still to this day, you kind of have to travel a bit further north to to see like an abundance of burlesque. Um, so at the time I really didn't know. So I just jumped right in. And then from there I got, I started meeting all these other performers and lo and behold, I was just performing constantly. <laughs> so yeah, and traveling up to Burlington to perform. So I was driving an hour and a half to two hours, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super interested in, you said, don't start uh, performing burlesque by producing. So you produced the first Black burlesque review in the mm -hmm. state of Vermont. Mm -hmm. It was entitled Life in Sepia. Mm -hmm. um, it was five weeks. So you were the co-producer, you were a performer as well, and the company manager. So you just, <laughs> just like really kind of yeah, piled so, it all there. Yeah, this was, so JAG Productions, which is a Black theater company based in Vermont, Jarvis, um, who's one of my dear friends, who is the creative director um, and, and producer, um, the founder of JAG, um, he was just here last week to visit, so, which was really nice. Um, he loves burlesque 
Um, he is a theater, he, he just absorbs theater in the best way and then like regurgitates it in the in the blackest way, right? Come on, okay. I love. So he okay. decided to, he partnered with King Arthur Flower, which is based in um, Norwich, Vermont. Um, so right across the river from where Dartmouth College is in Hanover, New Hampshire. And they put on um, this big, um, they, they constructed this huge stage outside under the stars and they put on five weeks of um, black theater. And one of those weeks was Jarvis was like, let's do burlesque. So I worked with the main attraction who is based in New York and who has come up for, um, who's worked with JAG in the past. Um, and we co-produced this amazing black show and it was um, it was life-changing. I have not been the same since. Um, it was probably the most affirming thing that I have been a part of um, and was able not to just be a part of it, but to like like cultivate it. So um, we brought these performers all from New York and we featured the local Black performers. At the time, it was all the local Black burlesque performers. So that was me and two other people um, at that time. Um, so those are all the local Black performers. Um, the last <laughs> of them. Um, there's more when you include drag. Um, but yeah, at the time, there are more Black burlesque performers now. But at the time, it was me and two other Black performers. Um, and we put on this amazing show. Um, we only were able to do two nights because of the weather. And it was the highest, uh, at the time, it was the highest, it was the most sold out. So I think it was the highest selling performance of the five weeks with the, um, oh, what was it? It was like with more people who had never been to a JAG production before. So it brought in mm -hmm. a lot of newer people, a lot of younger people, a lot of people who were just like super curious and interested in what burlesque was. So it was great. What an interesting environment. So you're in a new place, very different from Queens, I imagine. Mm, very so different. different. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's like, it's just <laughs> wide open spaces and like so much more greenery to begin mm -hmm. with. Okay. So, and then you're young, you have your first child, mm -hmm. you're younger. Oh, be doing that again. <laughs> won't, won't be doing that again. <laughs> um, I think we should give women so many more yeah. props. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous because it sounds it's it sounds ridiculous. It yeah. sounds that, and people are we just expected to do it, and people continue to do it, and it's just like why? I mean, I, get it. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but like. Okay, that's a whole other conversation. But for real, it just seems like really intense, like the tearing apart of your body alone. Like, it's, mm -hmm. okay, so um, completely new environment, first time mama, mm -hmm. just being young in general, and you know how much we just don't know and how much we're not given. <laughs> like, don't nobody tell us nothing. Taxes, relationships, don't nobody tell us nothing. I know. Um, so, and then you're entering into a new career. And so all this stuff is just this perfect golden storm. A golden emerges from this perfect <laughs> storm. Yeah. What, what, like reflecting on that? Cause like now you're uh, in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. 
you said 10 years. So like just reflecting on that, like, what do you think? Hmm. What centered you in that storm? How did you not get just swept away and just spit out um, and just like cut off? How did you become more yourself and this golden persona emerge? Um, well, I, I did get swept away and spit out and I did struggle a lot. Um, it's, it was not, and it's wild too, because like I'm reading, you know, um, the other viewers information, like the other people's, um, testimonies about the trials to the, you know, the previous person speaking about their current experience. And I'm like, I wish I had that, you know, mm. I wish I had like, that because yeah visiting you definitely feel that right and I, I remember like emailing you and being like I didn't have like the like most positive <laughs> experience um and I don't want to be a damper but it was really hard I was very young um I lived in communities where I didn't you know I didn't do a lot of research before I moved into certain communities and I love the community that I I was a part I am still a part of you know like we were just there um the first week of July for my my partner's sister's wedding and I remember just like posting on Facebook, like, hey, can I stay with anybody so we don't have to like get an Airbnb? And everyone was just like texting like, yeah, you can stay in my place, you can stay in my place. And, you know, it was just that feeling of being there and being like, oh, I'm visiting. I'm not just like here. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to get in that mindset so that I didn't trigger myself to feel that wave of feeling trapped. That I felt trapped, yeah. At some point, um, I was very you know, I, I've been able to center myself after being kind of spit out, right? I had to be the villain for a while because I realized that I was in spaces that were, if I wanted them to be um, safe for myself and other Black femmes and other Black people, then I had to be loud and I had to be aggressive and I had to be unapologetic and I had to call people out. And I, you know, mm. I, I couldn't do... I couldn't be the soft person that I am um, mm. that really affected me because I am a very, like the people that know me really well, know me as this very um, quiet, chill, I'm funny and I can get loud and everything, but I, I will extend myself for the people that I love mm. and the people that I, I see so much love and light in, even if I don't know them personally and I, I want to extend myself. And then there are people who see me as being this like mean bully person who always wants to center race and doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. want to um, cater to other people. You know, like I've, I've been called out in those ways and sometimes, yeah, I, I get it because it's hard to hear those things and being so young and using just like the internet as a form of communication mm -hmm. a lot of the times um it's hard for things to translate with that with that idea of um like i do want us all to be in this place like i do want you to be better than how you are but you're not doing that right now um and it's just i, I got a lot of negative um, I got a lot of like negative uh, energy and a lot of it was stuff that I was also, you know, bringing into myself because I couldn't find that place of peace. Mm -hmm. I was constantly, and then raising a child and knowing what he was going through and how he was being treated in situations, um, mm -hmm. you know, 
it was it was hard and i we all reached a point where i was like i i we gotta go mm-hmm. you know, i did as much as i could and i think i probably could have done more but i try not to like beat myself up about it um but i i definitely was not the centered person um and i'm still working on like grounding myself as a performer right mm-hmm. um and feeling like this piece like i i love who i am um, I love my past, um, even as difficult as it may be. And there are many, many things I love about Vermont. But ultimately, what led me to where I am now is I was chewed up and spit out. And I was just like, I, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, so it was, it wasn't, it was bittersweet. I, I was so happy when I went back to visit. Um, because I had this moment of being like, ah, I'm panicking. I don't want to go back. And then we got there and I was just like, oh, like you're enjoying when you're visiting for a couple of days, you're literally just enjoying the the parts that you love. It's it, it's like you're just visiting. Right. And um, and I was able to just kind of like decompress and like mm. do the thing that I loved, like walk barefoot in the grass and you know, lay and sit under the stars and, you know, chase chickens and do all that country ass stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Get your Laura Ingle Wilder on. I don't know if you know that. Okay. (laughs) So much things that I love there and I lost sight of that. Like I loved performing, right? But I also loved a lot, like what kept me there for 10 years. Like I, I would lie to my, I think I was like trying to tell myself that it was so my son could be you know, have a relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't it because they barely had a relationship, you know? So it was, I, it, it, what, there were things that kept me there as long as they did that I felt very connected to that I miss dearly, like being here and not having that same connection. Cause Atlanta cute baby, but green spaces are, I mean, is that from Piedmont mm-hmm. Park? Like, come on. <laughs> after this but like <laughs> but it's not the same like i wouldn't walk there for it's not park. oh please don't i'm not doing that she's cute for you know she's cute she for is she green. she's cute for a walk yeah a, co- a foot a covered foot walk yeah <laughs> Well, there are things that we, you know, me and my partner who's, you know, he was living in Vermont his whole life, but we also got to, he also got to a point where he's like, we just, we got to go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it, but it's, there are things that we just love so much about Vermont. Um, yeah. And many of the things that people are talking about, the maple syrup, I hate going to Publix and being like, I, <laughs> I'm not buying this. This is not maple syrup. Right. <laughs> Where did this come from? It wasn't yeah. a tree. <laughs> not, the, cheese, uh, the cheese, the food, the shopping. People don't think of shopping in Vermont. I love shopping. Um, and there are amazing places to go in Vermont for shopping. Um, and right now, like, there is a huge devastation that happened in Vermont. So um, if you are going to go there, I would, I would strongly advise, like, reaching out to smaller businesses to see what they do need and if they are open because a lot of business, all of Montpelier was underwater. So their Woodstock was, most of it was underwater. Um, Burlington, like up in that area in Winooski, they didn't suffer the same amount of flooding, um, but like central Vermont was definitely um, hit with a lot of devastating flooding. So like the state capital was really um, 
affected, Barry extremely affected. Um, yeah, so there was a lot that was devastated, um, but it's it's one of those things where I don't think this fall will be like that typical Vermont fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something, in Vermonters, let me tell you, they build community. Mm-hmm. They are there for each other. Like their thing is like Vermont strong. And I thought it was like a weird, like culty thing when I first moved there. And I was like, no, they get down. Mm-hmm. They show up for each other. Um, they are neighborly. Every if someone's devastated, we got you. You know, mm-hmm. there's always something that um, there's always uh, a place to go for any type of care. When if you are on a small business, if your home is this and that, like that, you can rebuild with community there. Um, it's not easy, but you know, you're not alone. Just to touch on some specifics, maybe you all have seen or maybe not, but um, some Vermont communities were severely impacted by flooding. Um, That was July 10th and 11th. So a lot of Vermont community members and businesses, while resilient, they are going through it. And these are some of the same uh, people and businesses that have been through Hurricane Irene in 2011. And of course, COVID. while it doesn't make the storm any easier to take, tourism-focused businesses have found ways to bounce back and learn from previous disasters. So like Ms. Go- uh, Golden is saying, the community is tight-knit, and there are many chain hotels or restaurants in Vermont uh, downtown, so folks are used to coming together to support each other. Vermonters are rallying around each other and working very hard to restore all services as quickly as possible. There are beautiful parts of the state that did not suffer any damage like Lake Champlain and the Burlington region, Battleboro, Manchester, and many other regions. Um, Visitors are key to Vermont's recovery. So once impacted communities are back, the best thing that you can do at that time is to plan a trip to support Vermont small businesses and attractions because they will need you to fully recover. So thank you for bringing that into the discussion um, because we hadn't talked about that yet. So appreciate that. But that just, I think speaks to how ingrained in the culture you are. Like, Oh yeah. Like it, but you're a Vermonter. So yeah, (laughs) you're a Vermonter. I had to to come to that realization. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Because when it was happening, I like me and my husband, we just like lost it um, because, you know, we were there the first weekend of July and then all this happened the following week Mm um you know his sister is an EMT in Rutland so you know she was stranded in Rutland Mm. for I I don't even know how long it it was a long time um because the roads were just completely washed out um you know there was a lot there was a lot that was happening and we we felt kind of useless because typically in Mm -hmm. these situations we're like you know, we would be out there. We'd have hands our, on deck. Yeah, yeah. We we put on our our weatherproof everything and go out there and be like, okay, who needs what? We can get this to this person. Like that's how I've learned to work in the community and how mm-hmm. he was raised to work in the community. So mm-hmm. it was it was really difficult to just like sit back, you know, and just be like, hey, I'm here if anyone needs anything. And you know, I did a, a few people. We talked back and forth, and they were letting me know what was going on, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm grateful that they're all supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the community members seem to like what you're talking about, just really come together, especially, yeah. you know, having dealt with previous disasters and such. And so 
being able to be there to support one another through all these years. You know, mm -hmm. That is what amazing. I learned from Irene for sure. Like they, you know, I, it was it was definitely hard to watch because I moved there. I think right after Irene, oh. um, so I didn't experience that. But I, you know, I saw a lot of the rebuilding after that. Mm -hmm. So when we chatted a little bit, you were just like, I don't know that I could really speak to like wellness and self-care. I don't know that you recognize in your journey the steps mm -hmm. that you have taken to, to be who you're becoming. So I just wanted to like offer that to you. Mm -hmm. That 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 is what self-care looks like. It feels messy. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of normal for it to feel messy because so much of life is actually out of our control. Oh no, for sure. I was definitely, and that was what burlesque helps me feel was like some control over an assemblance over something. Um, and, and that was like my body, right? That was mm. control over my body, control over my art. And, um, you know, it is still my self-care. I'm literally sitting here and I'm surrounded by like my costuming things all around me. It is, it is what, um, I don't want to say it consumes me, but it just, um, it like pushes me hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping one day I'll be able to feel connected and go back to Vermont and perform, um, which I did a lot of there, but I definitely, and I also took hiatuses. Like I took very public, like F y'all, I'm not, <laughs> not going to see my black body on any stage in Vermont type of hiatuses. <laughs> I have those moments where I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I don't need someone touching my hair as soon as I get off stage. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, oh my. Yeah. Yeah. There are things like that. But like I said, um, it's grown a lot. I will, I will definitely um, make note of that and, and acknowledge and love that Vermont has become so much more inclusive. I won't use the word diverse because I hate that word, but it's <laughs> much more inclusive. Um, and there are communities of people. The great thing is when you're Black and going to Vermont, you find other Black people. Uh -huh. at first, it's like, I remember feeling this personally, you're drawn to Black people because you're like, oh, you are Black and in this area, right? Where I have, like, we have access to each other for this moment. Um, and then you start to find black people that share the same interests as you and do mm -hmm. like to do the same things. Like I've met people who are like, I love to hike. And I'm like, okay, girl, I love to shop. We're not gonna vibe like that. You know? <laughs> okay, I love you. Can we hike to the shopping or there? so you know, there are things like that where you know you kind of find your people and what yeah. you love. And like how wonderful that you could find your people there and that in this trip that you took just weeks ago, that you could experience some of the things that you enjoyed about the place without having to feel like you had, you know, the work that you were doing. Because like it's it seems like your the other side of that coin was tied to the work that you were doing in mm -hmm. terms of like, you know, trying to grow <laughs> and trying to like help other people to grow as well. And so yeah but you didn't have to work. You just got to come and play 
Yeah. And then and then also like all those years before finding those people and you found them in Vermont. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes my, my right. friends, people that I consider family um, who I will always consider family are in Vermont. And so I'm I'm like permanently tied there. And I don't regret it. I love it. But I had to like be here for a while to be like, okay, you know, kind of finding, I don't think I'm leaving Atlanta anytime soon. Yeah. Um, because this is kind of like the the drastic difference myself and my family needed at the time. But it feels good to know we can like go back and we can still yes. be connected and they can come here and we can we can connect our worlds. Because when I tell you, like, you can travel the whole world and never meet your people. Mm -hmm. You can go a lot of places and never meet your people. And mm -hmm. to have a taste of that is so wonderful. Even if you're not able to live in the space, you've outgrown the space or the space has served its purpose. And, yeah. you know, you all have left. Having that those connections still, like, it means a lot. So that's really, that's really fire that you were yeah. able to, to do that which is also part of you know the healing which is also part of the self-care because like you have to know who your people are in order to meet them right so like and that's part of like the survival part too like initially doing finding my people was was survival it was mm. you know whether it came to feeling spaces where i can feel safe mm -hmm. um spaces where i can hold people accountable mm -hmm. um you know i've i remember um my car broke down and was just done and I had no money. And in like five days, like community members and friends raised and my partner raised all the money for me to be able to get another car. That is yeah, so wonderful. Like, yeah, there are things like that that I've, you know, we kind of all, whenever someone needs something, it is very much a grassroots place. It's, it's very much a like mutual fund type of yeah when you find your people there and no one's gonna let you go without man what what yeah and even the unhoused population there um they have a lot of support and a lot of i've met a lot of the unhoused people there i'm not going to um diminish the struggles of being unhoused period and especially in vermont especially when their winters are so what harsh. i cannot um, imagine and and the and what in that like in how inaccessible housing is and things like that, and mm -hmm. I've met a lot of unhoused folks in Vermont, especially in like central Vermont, and a lot of people, it's you know we're talking about like grassroots people who love nature, love being outside, who are mm -hmm. like y'all not getting my coin, y'all I'm not I'm not paying all this money for rent, I'm not doing all this, and it's so it's um it's not like being in larger cities and seeing people who are differently housed or unhoused. Mm -hmm. These are people who are supported and part of the community in a very similar way when mm -hmm. you are in those in those spaces. So there are resources, um, you know, in the White River Junction, there's the Haven. There are places like it is, it is one of the most accessible places to get resources and help, to get food stamps, to get, you know, um, to get things that you need to survive. And housing, the housing market um, everywhere is horrible. Um, in Vermont, especially because there are people who are like, why? <laughs> um, there, you know, 
um, like wealthy people from New York, Connecticut come up and buy these old houses mm-hmm. do it and charge a ridiculous amount of rent mm-hmm. um, that the local population can't, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And everyone, regardless of their political background, their beliefs, everyone hates that. <laughs> everyone <laughs> hates it. And I, it is one thing that I have seen people band together to be like, there should not be unhoused people. We should not be paying this much in rent. What is happening in this economy is horrible. They could be Trump supporters, Bernie mm-hmm. supporters, anything. Mm-hmm. They hate it. Mm-hmm. And it is probably the only thing I have seen in my time in Vermont where everyone collectively <laughs> <laughs> is like, this is ridiculous. So there is a level, like I said, there is no split when it comes to, in, in my opinion, right? This is what I see in, in my mm-hmm. perspective of like the support that the unhoused population receives in Vermont. Um, because it is very obvious and blatant and the people who are there are, they're Vermont 10 toes down, you know? Okay. They're like, this, these are people that are in, you know, they are Vermonters and they should be treated with X, Y, and Z type of respect. So it is wild. Like what I said, it is wild to see the type of people who all collectively band together to try and, um, you know, disband this like the system that's kind of like corrupting the housing market and and the economy in Vermont. Yeah. Well, thank you for your perspective on that because like this hasn't come up in conversation either. So I'm like Quinn uh, talked about it. She was one of the testimonies I shared. So I'm glad you touched on that as well. Um, I saw that and I was like, yeah, that's a thing, but it's definitely a, you know, it's something that everyone recognizes, but the unhoused population more than any place I've more than New York, I've been to a lot of different places in this country and they are not treated with the same respect that they are when they are in Vermont, because there is an overall understanding of um, sharing resources and making sure that people have these things and people should not be going without. That just sounds like community care. Like that's what exactly what that sounds like. Yeah. Like, but I've met more people on like I've met over 10 people that are like I'm living off the land. I am living I I don't want to spend money on a house mm-hmm. or this or that who just were like they're differently housed. They mm-hmm. they they live their lives differently and they're very you know content until the winter comes and we have winter advisories and we make sure we take care of people in the winter when we see tents posted up certain places. And um, there's a huge concern and not like they're a pest or, you know, where they're um, othered in this way. There's a huge but for their well-being or unhoused. Yeah. And their overall well-being, especially in the winter. So. Yeah. You can freeze to death out there, man. Yeah. Sorry. We got way off the topic of burlesque. So, <laughs> <laughs> or did we? <laughs> or did we? I know. <laughs> No, but so I love all of this. You give a really a wholesome picture, a diverse picture of your experiences there and like who you were. So it's really important to me to understand the perspective of the person. So like, what were you going through? Like, what kind of experiences were you having? How did you read the environment that you were in? So like all of that, like you've told a really great story about 
your your time there you know in the time that we have together like i'm sure there's so much more that you couldn't even touch on but um how interesting thank you so much golden for showing up today for sharing for being open i hope that your time in atlanta is what you need it to be i hope that you yeah (laughs) yeah the experiences that you need to have um and meet people that you need to meet i hope you can do that there as well yeah, I've I've started building community here, which is great. And it's all centered around burlesque as you know, as as it is with me, um, and with ninety-nine percent of burlesque performers. Um, <laughs> our our friends in our community tend to be others who were um doing and struggling in the same <laughs> way. Um so yeah, I it's Atlanta's been great and I I think I'm able to enjoy it as much because of you know, I, I'm not here to hustle. I know Atlanta's the city of the hustle. I'm here to chill. I'm here for a good time. Okay. Um, and I think like my experience in my life in Vermont has helped me come here and I, I'm not absorbed by like the hustle, you know, 24 seven culture. I'm very much like you get me from 10 to three. <laughs> come on <laughs> boundaries. That is also self care. Oh my gosh. You yeah. have so much to talk about. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my. I'm. I'm. I've definitely been able to enjoy Atlanta here, and I. I see the hustle. I see people doing their thing, and the, and I love it. But also, um, my life there. in Vermont has helped me be like I'm. I'm here to chill. Like I, y'all can y'all can be grinding and party promoting and clubbing and, you know, outside in four inch stilettos. I'm gonna have my Birkenstocks and my book, and we're gonna sit in Piedmont Park and eat some ice cream, and then I'm going home and I'm going to sleep. You should also <laughs> check out Grant Park if you're not up for. I have been to Grant Park. Yeah, okay. I like Grant Park. I I think I like it more than Piedmont, honestly. Yeah, it's just a little less busy, but yeah, it's also it's smaller. Busy. But yeah, yeah, and we're ready to start exploring like the the outer parts of Georgia. I think now that we've been here for a year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a year today. Oh, Ew. come on, anniversary. <laughs> I know. Eat some so, ice cream in O to that. In O. I know they're having an ice cream festival in Atlanta in, in Piedmont Park. So we're gonna <laughs> some ice cream and chill. Okay. Um so yeah, that's that's the plan. Well, we thank you again so much for sharing yourself and we wish you the best and let us know how you are. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. My pleasure. Well, take very good care of yourself, Dual. Um, and we'll see you on the internet streets. Yes, I'll see you on the internet streets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Golden. Bye. Bye. What well, we had all the great conversations today. I'm so glad y'all can access this again. What Miss Ocean said, she said housing prices have skyrocketed significantly in VT since the last time I was there. This is what gives me pause about moving. Yeah, but I am still considering it in the future. You should, because you are a Vermonter. Um, She also said, thank you, Golden. Beautiful testimony. Thank you, Ocean, so much for participating in the conversation, for showing up, for contributing to the conversation. Um, We have a couple other traveler testimonials to share with y'all. This one is from Kimmy from Musings and Adventures. Um, Kimmy went to Manchester and she said she enjoyed mini hiking. (laughs) So I guess that's like not the full hike experience. Exploring the village art gallery, browsing historic home visits, 
traveling as a black woman, Kimmy said, safe. I felt very comfortable and not on edge. People were nice and helpful. And then we also have Miss Yolanda. She's from Copyright Brown. She's a copywriter. Um, Yolanda went to Burlington and Montpelier, Plainfield and Bar. And Yolanda said she enjoyed hiking, shopping, Ben and Jerry's ice cream factory tour. Say that again. Ben and Jerry's is down for the cause, y'all. Uh, traveling as a Black woman of Vermont, Miss Yolanda said, it felt like being in most places. There are hardly any people of color. Surreal. The one thing that was different, people were generally, people were really kind and generous. People were really kind and generous. We're glad you had a good experience in Vermont, Miss Yolanda. Um, I asked her what she liked to eat and drink. She said, local cheeses, talk to me. So maple syrup and dim sum. She got her some sum of the dim. That's really dope. So have we wet your appetite? Explore before you go, y'all. Check out the hashtag, this is VT. This is VT. And you can go to vermontvacation.com or check the link in the description and be whisked away to all the goodness that Vermont has to offer. We've talked to people who have traveled through, who have lived there for years and years on end. And I think we have a really good picture of what it's like, what you can experience there. Um, and like what we were saying earlier, because of the flooding this fall may be a little tricky, but some of those businesses, if they're back up and running, will definitely need your support. So if you are into the small business, uh, upliftment of the world, <laughs> then definitely go and support that in Vermont and the, especially the areas that were hit by the flooding the worst. So what questions do you have about Vermont? Put them in the comments. Would love to continue this conversation. Um, I send out a newsletter every single week and we've discussed some Vermont things in the newsletter as well. You can subscribe to the newsletter at blackwomentravel.com slash subscribe. Super simple. Black women travel. Do I have that? Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've enjoyed talking about Vermont and I'm even more excited to hear some of your feedback. So if you have something to share, you know how to care, the sharing and the caring, hit us up in the comments or you can hit me up anytime. You know, I'm everywhere. So Enjoy the rest of your day or night, <laughs> your life. Hopefully I'll see you again. And let us know about your trip that you took to Vermont. Holla.